Hi everyone, I'm Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. You are going to be so excited to listen to this conversation today because this is really about conscious connections. Um, my guest, Miguel Dean, is a writer, blogger, poet, and author of his latest book, Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. He's also a catalyst, seer, and healer through his workshops, webinars, and sacred masculine one-to-one healing sessions, which facilitate the divine union of masculine and feminine energies within men and women. He walks the path of the sacred masculine with a mission to spread the word and help to grow a new model of masculinity that is conducive to creating a more beautiful world for our children and the generations to come. Um, welcome, Miguel Dean. I'm so honored and excited that you're here with me. Thank you, Dawn. Likewise, it's lovely, lovely to be with you. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation and yeah, hope that it, it touches some hearts and that it contributes to... Uh, these amazing times that we're living in at the moment. Yeah, it's really, um, really, we just talked, we just spoke about, you know, sort of forgetting your mind and really coming back to your heart, which is what your book is all about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bring him home, the, it's kind of like a couple of love stories in one reel, isn't it? It's, it's, it is. It's pretty much about, you know, the love story with, my partner, uh, my, my beautiful twin flame, and uh, of course, the love story with coming home to myself and coming back to my heart. And you know, the, the old it's a bit, it almost sounds a bit cheesy these days, but you can only love another to the extent that you love yourself. So, yes. yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey, it's qu- quite a journey, but it's uh. It's what we're here for. We're here to return to love. That's my understanding anyway. Yeah, that's what I believe, which is why I resonated with you so well, you know, when I saw you talking to Shanine. And um, Mm. before we get into like the the meat of your book and your life, I wanted to ask you this question that I, uh, when I read this in your book, I was like, wow, that sounds like such a cool experience. Your birthday present about going to the bird sanctuary okay and you i mean tell me what that was about because that is such an unusual thing to do yeah i mean you know i have a very strong fond connection with with nature and the the natural world um and yeah my, my partner yeah it was a total surprise yeah some tickets to a a bird sanctuary so yeah, we got to. Um, there was a very, only a very small group of us, but yeah, we got to fly these amazing birds. And I mean, the, the, there's an image that comes to my mind is of the, the photograph of me with the. Um, oh, was it the eagle? Eagle, yeah, the eagle owl. Yeah, that's right. The eagle owl is just like so big on, on on my arm, and it's just like looking at me, and it's this beautiful connection, and you know the 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 trainer would go over the other side of the field and I'd have a little bit of meat on my arm and he'd let the bird go and it'd come flying and just land. It was just, yeah, really, really beautiful, uh, a wonderful experience. Just getting up close to nature is, uh, it's just a real, a, a real kind of holy experience. You know, the other little sparks of the divine. It's just, 
it's just so incredible, isn't it? How the divine manifests in so many millions of different ways. So uh -huh. to be to be close with those big, beautiful, powerful birds was uh, yeah, really something. Yeah. So so that so the feeling that you got from being there was what? I guess it was it, it it was there was a it was a privilege really you know it was a privilege to be yeah you know to just just to be able to be so close and and to be so uh, you know feel that connection with them mm -hmm. um if you know if I'm totally honest there was <laughs> which I tried to be it was a it was a you know it was a it was an odd day because it was a day where you, you know my partner and I we were, we had split up and then uh -huh. you know we came back together for that day so there was a lot of those feelings and all that sort of stuff running around in the background as well of like you know we have this short time together and then yeah because didn't you say that you thought that was the last time that you were going to see her yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah i think i said that a few times <laughs> <laughs> but kept hoping in the back of your mind <laughs> that something else would happen yeah yeah so some of it some of it sometimes there was some hoping and other times to, no you, you know i think there was more of a letting go than a than a hoping because it, it just felt you know it, it 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 just felt easier to come to terms with the grief of the you know what what seemed like it was the end of the relationship mm -hmm. and just surrender to, to to what was you know while i was hoping when any of that sort of stuff crept in it became more painful and it's almost like it just prolonged the you know the the, the grieving process so but but yeah it was it was a really beautiful day it was a beautiful day for, for lots of different reasons and it, it was it was clear that our journey together wasn't done you know mm -hmm. we weren't finished mm -hmm. uh, there was more work to be done i wasn't totally home yeah right well i was i was gonna say i mean this this you talk about this a lot throughout the book is really this letting go of your own expectations and your own insecurities and your own ideals of how things should be and really i mean i feel like part of this coming home is that acceptance mm -hmm. of what is yeah, yeah. Regard, regardless of your own ideals or expectations so how does how does that work for all of us how do we learn to do that yeah it's almost i think probably acceptance is pretty much the opposite of expecting mm -hmm. so you know and yeah i discovered a long time ago that acceptance is really sort of powerful medicine mm -hmm. that, you know accepting what is right now it's like this and you know it's it's mindful it's mindful work mindfulness work really that whenever we catch ourselves expecting something that we just bring our attention back to the present moment and, and sort of go well you know it'll be it it will be as it will be um my my partner sometimes kind of tells me off a little bit because i don't get excited about things you know she will get excited about stuff and, and I kind of say, well, no, I, you know, I'm not excited about it. I haven't really, you know, taken my mind forward to what I think it's going to be like. So I'm just happy to just 
you know, show up and, and, and see how it is because the, the, we're back in the polarity, really, aren't we? If we expect, right, we might get this big high of, oh, everything's wonderful, but we might get this big low of, oh, it just doesn't meet up to my expectations. So just finding that middle ground, you know, acceptance is more of a place of union and integration, it, it seems to me. And yeah, I, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, I've adopted it because as, as in so many things, it means less pain. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we, move away, we move away from pain, which naturally takes us towards joy and, you know, and peace. Uh -huh. Because that's the, I, I think, and you talk about, you struggled so much in this relationship about your fears that would come up, you, you know, your own fears and your insecurities. And I think, not I think, I know all of, all of us struggle with that. Mm. And, yeah. and, and, and are there, there are the fears and insecurities. I, I feel like they're both as a result of our past wounding and experiences, you know, where we did feel hurt and abandoned and alone, mm. um, you know, and, and then holding these expectations or, you know, questions about, am I going to experience those same feelings of hurt and abandonment and grief? you know, if I, you know, whatever happens in the future. So it's, it's that dichotomy of how can I, how can I let go of what was and let go of what might be in yeah. order to stay present to what is now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a real, a real practice, isn't it? It's something that, that we commit to and, and that I guess just gets a little bit, stronger and shows up a bit more the more we practice it because the world that we've been brought up in it teaches us the opposite really doesn't it you know it, it's always about um looking forward or you know being in the present or being in the past or and and you know planning and so on and so just to be present we there's, there's an awful lot of unlearning to do so much of this journey back home to the heart, back home to love, seems to be about um, unlearning to me, Un mm -hmm. unlearning. Mm -hmm. and, and I always say, um, I think Alicia Keys has a song about the present, the present is a gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so simple, it's so profoundly simple that the mind just has massive tantrums about it all the time, doesn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think because the mind wants to be in its sort of small sense of control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it sort of brings us back to the, a little bit to the bird sanctuary, you know, to, to nature, that, that nature just is. And it, uh -huh. and it just trusts, you know, it's, it's all in the moment. And when we trust and really deepen the truth that, and deepen and embody the truth that everything is happening for our highest good. Mm -hmm. You know, if we imagine ourselves like a, you know, an acorn encoded in that acorn is the potential for it to be its best self for it to be its highest good. And you give it, yeah. you know, the reasonable conditions some soil and some water and some sunlight and so on. And it, and it will do that without any effort. effort. Without any, right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I, that's what I believe is 
every, every, we are part of nature. We are nature. We are, you know, there, there is no separation. So we are the same. So why should it be any different? It's only different because of, because we aren't given the ideal conditions. So, uh, you know, to be our best possible self. Hence, we set out on this journey of unlearning and uh, this journey back to the heart and back to the body. Well, and wouldn't it, wouldn't it be interesting if all of us, you know, were taught at an early age that you are the acorn and so therefore you already are the majestic oak tree. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. Any, any of your efforting and stressing and worrying about what's to come doesn't matter. Like that should all just fall away. Yeah, yeah. Because no matter, you know, just like the oak tree, which I've, I've written just, you know, personally for myself about this, it's like, you know, you, you get fertilizer, which is the shit, literally, <laughs> to help you grow. And I know you have, you have written before about adversity and mm-hmm. how it helps you become this strong, sturdy, rooted tree in the ground mm. so that you have the stability and strength for yourself to expand and grow your branches and leaves to become your full potential yeah yeah absolutely and and you know that brings us to an interesting point because at the, the end of the first book that i wrote i had to change the ending because it sort of it was talking about oh you know I, wel- I welcome the adversity to come because I will learn so much from it uh-huh. and then a few years later there was a whoa hold on a minute but do we have to learn through adversity and shit all the time uh-huh. you know m- my sense is that we learn we learn from that because you know pain is a great stimulation for us to do things differently right so love gifts us that pain in order to steer us away from a belief system or actions or you know the the way that we're living but you know my intention very much more these days is to move towards the you know the the joy and the and the good feelings rather than the sun the sunshine yeah yeah. and the warmth and the beauty all around you know and the the oxygen that all the other plants and animals and see and you know the beautiful energy that is also being given to us yeah 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 to to focus on you know our focus determines our reality doesn't it you know so i think there was certainly a point for me where i was a bit focused on yeah the adversity and you know and that was what i felt i deserved to have to struggle and all that sort of stuff uh-huh. but actually we can let go of that as well you know well and and i think i mean and the, this is the other thing that i wanted to talk to you um because you know, you did, you lost your mother. <clears throat> she died of cancer when you were seven months old. Mm-hmm. And so you only had a really short experience with her and, mm-hmm. you know, your, I mean, you talk a lot about in your book about healing your mother wounding and, you know, this sense of abandonment, you know, as you get older, you sort of look back and like, where was my mother for me? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I would imagine that the grief of that, in addition to the challenges that you had with your stepmother, you know, tr- trying to, 
trying to navigate and make sense of all of that and how it affected you growing up and um, becoming and becoming a man. Yeah, it was, um, or it is, it, yeah, you know, the journey continues. Yeah. It, it, it was quite a piece, but I, I, you know, I really, I really feel, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a webinar on Sunday. Uh, excuse the slight plug. Yeah, Sunday, I know. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, the title of it, it, I decided was, you know, how to how to achieve, uh, to create divine union within myself. And once I'd sort of put it up there and everything, it got me thinking, I thought, well, yeah, how do, how do, how does one? And, and you know, how have I arrived at where I, where I am? Mm -hmm. So for the last couple of days, I've been writing and sort of, you know, just sort of uh, some of the highlights of my journey and sort of, yeah, just realizing for me, yeah, what are the, those, that, that was a really significant experience and that's affected, the, you know, the development of my masculine or, or, or that which happened, you know, uh, impacted massively on, on the, the more, you know, feminine aspects of myself. And of course, you know, what happened with losing my mom and the um, lack of, mothering from my stepmother meant that I tasted you know the the, the feminine uh, I did tasted love for you know briefly it's like you know you know like having the most amazing meal and, and having a couple of bites of it and going this is gorgeous and then it being snatched away mm -hmm. it, it was like it programmed me to go back in search of that which I had just you know I was still so hungry for it because I hadn't I hadn't had my fill of it like yeah. I get a lot of young people that are brought up, you know, with a very safe, uh, you know, uh, maternal sort of energy. So it, it was a gift. It, you know, it set me out on this journey to find the divine feminine within myself uh, rather than, you know, uh, using a surrogate replacement of my romantic partner, which I think, you know, which, you know, which it often just ends up being some sort of codependent. Mm -hmm. relationship which is uh, you know the, the norm in our current western society i think well yeah i mean it's basically looking looking to someone else to fill the holes that we feel with within ourselves yeah yeah and it, it seems that you know a lot of people can can sort of get by and, and, and are okay with that uh you, you know but my hole was so big <laughs> there was no chance that any woman was ever going to be able to uh, you know, uh, fill it, and there was no chance that I was ever going to feel complete. Uh, you know, as a result of that, so yeah, uh, you know, the relationships failed in inverted commas uh, by conventional standards. They came to an end, right? But every time, I was drawn a little bit closer to the truth of Miguel. You have to access this feminine within yourself. There is a, you know, there is there is work to be done here. You can't keep. We're taught to look outside all the time, aren't we, to fix yeah. our problems, yeah. you know, get one of these, change this, uh, you know, when I've got this job or when I've got that house or when I've got this partner, I'll be happy. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I did I, I did my fair share of that. But, uh, you know, the the the, the monitor, monitor just kept displaying sort of like, eh, eh. no, you, you know, you're, <laughs> you're still looking in the wrong place because, you know, you're not going to find peace like that. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, Miguel, and, and this, I just had this question all, all while I was reading, um, is what stories about your mom did you hear growing up? Because, you know, she's half of who you are, right? 
I mean, her DNA is half of, of who you are. And mm -hmm. so I wondered, what did you hear about her? Like, do you know what characteristics of her that, that you adopted or, um, you know, did, did people ever say, Oh, Miguel, that reminds me of your mom because blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, the short answer to that is, is no. Um, my, my mom was never, never discussed. It was kind of, it was like she never existed really. Wow. You know, I think it was, um, I, I remember very little of my childhood as well. Most of it's blacked out. You know, most of it, as you know, I was in fight and flight. Right. You know, for the majority of it. So I can't remember the little bubbles of memories pop up sometimes. But I know very little about uh, uh, to this day about my mum. So your dad, your dad, never really talked about her at all. Not a great deal. No, no. I mean, we've we've talked. We, you know, we've had some some conversations. Um, but in in all honesty, I'm not sure that my dad ever really got over the you know losing his wife mm. uh, you know sort of that sort of you know brings us on to the whole thing of you know big boys should cry and this whole thing of, the, of how men are you know yeah. we're attached from our feelings and so on and uh, you know i think he had a week off work or something when you know the funeral and then he was then he was back to work and um wow. you know it, and had four children to you know, take care of and, and, and all the rest of it. So it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit of a, a, a void still, I suppose, you know, I've, I've spoken a little bit, but uh, in many ways I haven't chosen to go back there too much, you know, in, into, I, I believe that she is with me, uh, you know, all the time. Um, and, I believe that she gave a great sacrifice to leave mm -hmm. in order for myself and my brothers and sisters to learn the, the lessons, to have the experiences that we, that our souls needed to, to be who we are. And, you know, if, if, if it hadn't have happened how it had happened, I wouldn't be able to be shining the light for, for other people on, on this path. Right. I guess I just wondered about your dad, you know, your dad's grief. And because I, I feel like a lot of times, um, especially when you're super sensitive, you know, that mm -hmm. you, that you still carry some of that within you. Um, and mm -hmm. so, and so I just, I was just wondering how you have helped heal that with your dad or the rest of your mm -hmm. siblings, you know, to have a conversation, you know, I mean, this is my therapist in me. <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> wondering these things well that's a, that's a yeah there's a i mean that's a whole there's all sorts of stuff there um i mean sadly what how it's the impact that it's had really is that my i'm i'm pretty i'm quite close to my big sister we we're, we're into similar stuff and we we phone quite regularly and you mm -hmm. know we have long conversations usually about our challenges that we're having with relationships because mm -hmm. Um, you know, she, she's kind of further behind, if you like, on the trail with that, you know, learning to trust again. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every one of my brothers and sisters was impacted differently, you know, but by what happened. Um, but generally we're not close and they're all my other siblings. 
I'd say that they all have major problems with with relationships, you know, because of the whole attachment disorder stuff and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my brothers is in a, a long-term relationship, but hopefully he won't watch this, be watching this. But I, I, I feel that that very much sits in the category of codependency. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the, the family was torn apart, really. You know, I didn't understand it for a while, but... You know, it's the, it's the mother that often holds a family together and invites mm-hmm. people back. And, you know, that that's sort of the heart of the family, if you like. And, and right. she wasn't around when we left home. It was kind of like, well, you're on your own now. Off you go. You've flown the nest. There was never any reason to come back. Um, and my, my father's actually doesn't speak to my other four brothers and sisters anymore uh, because... Wow. There was so much that they were projecting onto him about what happened uh-huh. uh, when, when they were growing up and how he didn't protect us from the, you know, the anger of our, our stepmother and all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's all been a bit messy. Uh-huh. Well, that, that, that's the thing, too. I mean, you talked, you talked about, you know, healing, healing the feminine within you. Mm-hmm. And I also see, I mean, especially after what you just said, there, there must be this healing of the masculine as well, because, because I, I, I feel like, and this is my, my own perspective, right? So I feel like that the woman is the heart of the relationship Mm -hmm. and the man is the protector Mm -hmm. of the home. And so to me, that's sort of the balance. And, and, and I, and I, this also kind of comes back to the tree where the, the man is more the rooted, grounded, you know, sturdy structure and the woman is the nurturing arms around. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they were both missing. (laughs) They were both missing. uh, um, So yeah, there's, there's been a lot of work around the masculine uh, as well. Um, I cut my dad out of my life for about a year and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I just said to him, I, I, I didn't want any contact. This was the time that there was lots of anger and uh-huh. stuff coming out of the, you know, Pandora's box got opened up and and I could see where it was going. So, and I was getting triggered. So I said, look, dad, I need to do some work. And I need, to, you know, you, every time you're in touch with me, you're triggering me and this isn't helping. Uh-huh. So, you know, you know, we, we went our separate ways for about a year and a half. And that really helped me to, yeah, just to come to terms and come to peace with, with some of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, the whole, it's, it, it, it's, I guess the, you know, the advantage of having had very little mothering or fathering is that, uh, again, you know, I kind of had a blank piece of paper for the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't that I had to, that I had a load of, um unhelpful masculine qualities that i just you know unconsciously absorbed there was just there was just a bit of a void again you know so i had to find my own way and navigate my own way and and find what worked for me through trial and error really you know what just can, coming back to the body and sort of what feels right what feels in alignment mm-hmm. you know what makes me feel good in my body so that's what i have to endeavor to do even if it's bloody uncomfortable you know sometimes pushing through that 
Well, and so, <clears throat> so how do you feel like you became that strength and structure and protection for yourself? Because mm. I, I feel like that led you to your partner to, to heal the feminine. So it was like you had to provide your own strength so that yeah. you could open your heart. Mm. How did you yeah. do that? One little step at a time. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, like, like most things. Um, as I said, you know, there, there are quite a lot of, it's, it's funny, you know, I stumbled across things, I suppose, which, you know, uh, like vulnerability. I, re you know, when I wrote my first book and shared, uh, you know, very raw my story and so on. To begin with, I was quite fearful that people were going to judge me and so on. Mm -hmm. But what I found was that people were the opposite, you know, they really opened and there was, there was a sort of uh, a warmth. And then I began to realize that, yeah, that my practice was to just be who I am. I don't, I can keep letting go of shame and letting go of guilt and letting go of, you know, the, all the stuff that I felt that I should be mm -hmm. and just increasingly just relax more into just being who I am and, and finding that that, just took a, lo a load of the pressure off you know I'm, I'm imperfect I'm you know I'm not I'm not Mr. Sorted or anything but this is who I am and the, the more that I can just deepen and soften into that acceptance um, the easier you know it all seems to become. Do you, do you think that we hide because we're afraid to be vulnerable? <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely I think we hide because we're taught that we're supposed to be a certain way. Uh -huh. and so, you know, and there's this whole thing that we don't, we, we hide our, yeah, I, Rumi's, Rumi's quote, you know, both light and shadow are the dance of life. Uh -huh. We hide all the shadowy aspects of ourselves. And, um, you know, we just think that we're just supposed to present this shiny, happy, positive uh, person, which means that all that shadowy stuff you know, dragons get bigger when they're left, you know, uh, on their own in the dark sort of thing. And they become these great big monsters when actually, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's nothing. It's okay. It's part of who we are. We, we're here to experience duality and the polarities and the, 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 you know, the dichotomy of being human. So it's, it's, it's just really liberating to be able to just be yourself and, and, and it's an ongoing practice. I still see areas, you know, I've been practicing this for 10 years pretty rigorously and I still see areas where there's a little bit of shame or, or I, I want to keep that a little bit quiet or, you know, I don't want to mention that mm -hmm. um, because it's so deeply programmed into us that we're supposed to be, you know, big boys don't cry and little girls are nice. The big boys don't show their emotions and, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And, and we're, we're good and we're nice and we're positive and we're happy all the time. And it's like that's resulting in, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> and that results, the result of that is the massive mental health epidemic that we have right. particularly amongst men, the, the suicides, the, the sexual abuse, the, the sexual violence, the, all these, all the shadowy stuff that is hidden just comes out in distorted ways. And um, yeah. it's just, it just seems a bit crazy to me. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, addictions and depression yep. and anxiety and suicide. I mean, they're all, they're all ways that people try to cope with hiding who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... And so how much, um, you know, when, when we have conversations like this, because we have done our own work and embracing our messiness, you know, this is, this is the biggest reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because, you know, of my own struggles that people don't want to talk about them, right? Because they do feel that judgment and shame and criticism and blame and all that kind of stuff where you feel badly about ourselves or you're, you know, you're afraid of not being accepted and not being loved. And so we all struggle with this you know this is the messiness of our humanity and as we learn to return to love and acceptance of who we are both those shadows and light because we are both polarities the yin and the yang mm -hmm. and um you know the the light and the dark and as we learn to accept and embrace that in ourselves you know, we, we develop compassion and, and understanding for who we are. And I feel like that, that when we do it for ourselves first, we're more able to do it for other people so that, you know, yeah. to normalize all of this stuff, like yeah. this, this is all part of our humanity and we're yeah. all here to learn about the aspects that are blocking ourselves from love, both you know, giving and receiving to ourselves and each other. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's, it, it <clears throat> yeah, it's a big part of the journey. Vulnerability is a big part of the journey back to the heart, really. And as mm -hmm. you say, you know, once we return to our feeling center <clears throat> and we can feel and we're okay, get more okay with emotions and feeling and that it's okay to experience the full range of emotions then yeah it deepens our compassion and our empathy for our uh, you know fellow human beings and it also gives you know what what some of the feedback that i've had from the way that i write is it gives people permission to be messy themselves it's like yeah. oh it's okay it's not just me yeah it's like you know let's just all take our masks off and let's just right. be who we really are and everybody could just breathe a big sigh of relief and go Oh, I can let go of all that tension of pretending and, you know, all that. I can just be. Yeah, yeah. And the paradox, of course, is that when we, you know, it's like while we resist the, sh the, the shadow, <clears throat> it becomes stronger and it wants to push back. But when we accept it, it the, the dissolving and the merging, and you know, it's this... Yeah, the, the, the push and pull can just fall away you know, and we can just embrace all of it. It, it, it loses its power. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it loses its power totally. Because the darkness is only ever, in my experience, it's, it, the shadowy stuff, it's just trying to get our attention. It's just trying to draw our attention to something. Usually what we're doing or believing or thinking or feeling mm. that isn't in alignment with love. Yeah. Really simple. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean that I mean that's the other thing that Rumi says, you know, in the darkness, 
that's the crack that allows the light to come through, you know, and I've heard you say a couple of times, you know, um, after the darkness comes the light, after the darkness comes the dawn, right? (laughs) It's like the darkest time. I mean, this is, this is something that I think people also don't think about is like, you know, day, every day has both the light and the dark. And so when you're going through the dark, when you're going through those times where you can't see the light, you have to remind yourself that eventually the light will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to, to hold on to yourself, to hold on to those feelings of fear or insecurity or whatever, acknowledge them for, hey, what am I missing? What do I need to, what do I need to learn? Um, how, how do I need to grow? How can I find my own strength? How can I find my own light um, to help me continue through the darkness? Because it's not either or. And I think a lot of people have this sort of black and white thinking of, you know, if I'm angry, I can't also experience joy and, you know, five minutes later, yeah. <laughs> which you can. And so it's, it's like embracing all of it because it ebbs and flows sort of all together. Yeah. Again, of course, the paradox is that the more that we allow ourselves to experience our anger, the more fully we can experience joy. Yeah. You know, and and the other thing that was just coming into my awareness as you were speaking then, Dawn, is that, you know, we live in a society that that encourages us to avoid you know, to, to anesthetize, to numb, to distract ourselves from the yeah. darkness, from the pain, yeah. from the uncomfortable stuff. And my, yeah, my, my, my experience is that the more fully I can be with the discomfort or the, the, the more, more quickly it passes and the more fully it passes. But, you know, you, you can't run away from yourself. And we live in a society that has, that has developed, a you know, a, a myriad of ways of running away from ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's shopping or drugs or sport or TV or, you know, all sorts of addictions and drugs and, you know, drugs from the legal drugs, from the chemist or, you know, from the doctors. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not doing us any favours. It, it's that our treasure always lies in the in the darkest places you know that's where the treasure chest chest lies when we have the courage to go to those dark places which of course is you know essentially what bring him home was all about it was that me saying at the beginning okay no more running whatever needs to be done i will do the work you know it's kind of like you know scouts on you know i promise i'm really i really mean it this time and uh so yeah, that was when life said, "Okay, well, right, let's let him have it." You know, if he's ready for it, prove it, prove yeah. it, Miguel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yes. So how do you? So how was your journey of figuring out how to do this with her and on your own? Because you know there were there were moments when you had to face her and do it with her, and then there were moments where you had to take yourself away and realize that, you know, this is my own internal work that I need to do. How do you, how do you navigate? How did you navigate that yourself? So that I guess I want, I'm wanting you to talk about so that we can learn 
how to do that for ourselves. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was that that was difficult for me. What my pattern is in what has been that I would lose myself in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything would be about the relationship, and you know, I, I now know that there is her stuff, my, my stuff, and the relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, and what I wanted to do to begin with was I wanted to bring everything to the relationship table, and I wanted to her to hear everything that was going on for me and so on. But you know, she was divinely orchestrated to be the perfect facilitator of you know my homecoming back to my heart. Mm-hmm. So her pattern was always to close down and to shut down. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to communicate, so I was forced. Sometimes she would physically leave. Another time she would emotionally leave or it would just right. be, I'm not talking. So she forced me really, you know, to, to have to deal with it and, uh, by myself. And gradually I learned that if I try and bring it to the relationship table, it's just going to get, she's going to get triggered and then we're just going to go down into the, more and more into this spiral. So, you know, essentially through her leaving, I had to sit with my pain. I just had to be with the discomfort. And, you know, keep, I guess once it's like, you know, the emotional pain often feels like a fog and you just get lost in it. And it doesn't matter how many tools or practices or how much awareness you have. Uh Sometimes you're going to get lost. But what I found was that with practice, I would more and more quickly come out of the emotional fog. And it was almost like there was this conversation taking place within me where it was like, it's okay. And I'm talking to my little boy that's mm-hmm. terrified and thinks that his mom has disappeared. Yeah. And she's not coming back. Yeah. So there, there became this kind of, uh, uh, you know, healthy schizophrenic sort of thing going on <laughs> where I'm talking to myself. And the, the man in me is taking more and more of a, of a leading role and being able to, you know, to, to calm the little boy down and, and, and say, it's okay. This is not about what's happening now in the present what's happening now in the present is not a big deal your girlfriend just doesn't want to speak at the moment because she feels that it's not getting in anywhere so it isn't doesn't mean that she's never coming back and that everything's going to fall it was it was really weird you know because it it was so irrational when you're in that emotional place and you know as as you know that's that's the little child I mean, the yeah. little child can't understand the big picture. So the little child is present in the moment with those feelings of fight or yeah. flight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and in that, the brain doesn't work properly, of course, in fight and flight. You know, we're back to the reptilian brain and the right. primitive brain and so on. So, but, it, you know, it's, it was just a, pra- it's just a practice. Just keep, you know, you, you're wearing a path, wearing some new neural networks in your yeah. brain, really, of just reminding myself no this isn't about her and and stopping the blaming and actually turning it into gratitude and realizing that she is acting like a poultice that is purging all the old poison and emotions and pain that i wasn't able to express adequately as uh, at the time that the trauma happened so it's just really kind of flipping it flipping it round really and just just the practice, I guess, of that, that awareness, you know, awareness of the truth 
that conscious relationships will bring everything that is not love to the surface to be transformed. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, I remember there was a time in, in, that I talk about in the book where I was just pacing up and down, where I was just repeating th those words that you just said, you know, the wound is the place where the light enters. The wound is the place where the light enters. Mm -hmm. It's like I had to keep re repeating it to remind myself it's okay this is okay this is this is healthy this is catharsis this is this is a purging this is a purification because mm -hmm. if i stopped saying it all of a sudden i'd be lost in the terrified little boy again you know mm -hmm. that's the mm -hmm. i think that's the whole alchemical process you know that that the is it the iron that turns to gold <laughs> I forget which which metal it was, yeah, yeah. you know, lead. Uh, lead. That the lead yeah. turns to gold from the fire. Yeah. From the, yeah, the, the, the fire of love, if you like. You know, we have this idea that love is all soft and fluffy and sweet and heat. And uh -huh. through the it was burning away everything that was false, everything that needed to be, you know, set free. And the prize is essentially just a deeper sense of peace in myself, uh, more, uh, uh, you know, a, a greater sense of being complete unto myself. There isn't this kind of codependency and this, you know, where's mummy? Where's my partner? Where's my girlfriend? Mm -hmm. uh, there, there is a more of a you know a, a, just a wholeness and a sense of peace within myself and what happened at about that time was yeah there was just a big shift in my energy and I began to be able to I guess you know source energy or a purer energy because I believe we're all channels uh, uh, of God if you like but we get clogged up and blocked with all this past and all this trauma. So as that was released, the a purer energy was be, uh, coming through me, which means that I'm able to shine a light on others who are, uh, you know, uh, uh, on a on a similar path, but uh, are still a bit lost in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Can can I read? This is a perfect. Um, this just one little paragraph that from your book. Can I can I read it? Of course you can. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he began to see more clearly that the more he could remain centered and open, the safer that she would feel. He didn't really need to say anything. He just needed to listen with his heart. If she projected stuff onto him, all he had to do was allow it to slide off him like water from a duck's back. When she felt safe and heard, the storm inside began to subside. Once again, there would be the closeness and intimacy between them. That was his heart's desire. I make that sound really simple there, don't I? You do. <laughs> it's, please, please know it's not simple. And, it, and also, yeah, it's, it's, it's still very much an ongoing practice of mine. Um, but in essence, that is it. And I believe that that is a lot about the, the, the dance of the masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. It is. And, but it, it, it's tricky, yeah. It, you know, it, it, there's a lot of my 
you know, since we, my partner and I have been living together now for a couple of years, a couple of months, mm-hmm. and a whole other wave of, you know, stuff to be cleared yeah. has arisen. And yeah, there's it's, it's kind of like, wow, I thought that was all done, and it's like now that there's some more. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of little boy and little, you know, sometimes it feels a bit like it's a little boy and little girl that are living together again rather than man and woman. So the the, the practice continues, yeah, of just because we do we get lost in it you know it's not like I'm, I'm sitting there when she's projecting a load of stuff onto me and, and, and i'm like mr cool i can do it for so long and then something just happens or i just like, lose my focus and bang yeah i'm, I'm triggered and, and then i'm lost in it and then we find our way back out of it we apologize we're humble you know we, we make amends or whatever and okay let, let's go again let's you know let, let's try again but it gets it gets a little bit easier every time it gets a little bit easier every time and it just feels like i'm emptying out a pond you know it's like bailing out with a bucket uh-huh. all the past all the old and all the fear and at some point it will be empty it will be it has to be as long as i'm not putting more pain in which i know i'm not from the way i live my life you know in the present then it it, it can't continue forever it, if, as long as i'm not perpetuating it with toxic thoughts and so on then it, it, it's 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 on its way out and, the, and and of course you know one of my big things is that the the journey is the destination yeah. what we learn along the way the qualities the characteristics that we grow that you know the, those are the gifts uh, because there is no real final destination uh you know love Love is the final destination. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's as close to, as it gets is, is, is love. And, and love is, I guess love for me is being at peace with what is. Because there's still going to be pain and there's still going to be challenges that come up. But I can experience them more from a, a witnessing perspective, you know, rather than getting lost, lost in them. It's like... Sometimes things are going to be beautiful and sometimes things are going to be painful. You know, we will lose loved ones, things happen, but we're here to embrace the whole of this human experience of, of you know, the, the pain and the messiness and, and the beauty and the joy. Mm-hmm. And that, that for me is what, what, what love is. I don't believe that I get to this point where everything's just like, you know, um, all fluffy and beautiful i believe that love is just a, a presence just being able to s- stay in that present centered place and i will still feel sadness at times i will still feel pain i will still feel because i'm still because i'm human mm-hmm. but but like the water off a duck's back you know it, it, it or, a, or perhaps a better metaphor is you know the baby crying we feel the emotion and we fully and, and let it go. And then two seconds later, we're back in the bliss again mm-hmm. because, because we've released it. There's, there's nothing sticky that it's attached itself to from our past or anything. Well, and I, I think too, because the other question um, that I had was about how, how do you, how does, how do you show your partner that they can trust you? And when you said the metaphor of the baby, I thought, that's it that you know when you're when you have a baby and your baby is crying you have to be that strong sturdy protective tree and mm-hmm. hold the baby 
and it's anxiety and fear and you know you have to be the strong one to yeah. say i'm here for you i'm not going to let you fall yeah right yeah. no matter how upset you are i'm going to still be your safe place yeah and so how you know i know that it starts with yourself it starts being the safe place for yourself and then extending that to, you know, to your partner, when your partner is being triggered, you're like, Hey, I see that, you know, you're having a difficult time. I'm just letting you know that I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's the practice. That is the practice. But, and, the, and the challenge is that you know, it always seems to, to, to be that we, you know, we come together with our partner because our triggers interconnect beautifully yeah, yeah. so it's perfect it, mirrors aren't they <laughs> yeah yeah perfect mirrors so yeah, yeah you know that's the challenge because it's so as i say it, it can so easily end up being a little boy getting triggered the little girl's scared and so you know and so uh, the man gets triggered and becomes the little boy as well mm -hmm. so, so to and, and and it works both ways as well you know i mean there's, yes there's the masculine energy that within woman that sometimes is needed to hold space for, for man. Sometimes mm -hmm. I need to fall apart and, and to, yes. you know, and, and, and lose the plot and, and, and cry and, and be held or feel broken and whatever. It's not that it's just, uh, you know, you know, uh, just, just what it doesn't one. just work one way. No. It's for us to be there for that masculine energy to be that protective, safe holding energy you know, uh -huh. for each other. Uh huh. Well, and, and I think, I think that's why, that's why I have always spoken about this merging of the masculine and the feminine, you know, is really finding the balance within yourself so that you can be both given whatever situation is going on, you know, so that, so that your inner child that's afraid and scared and whatever so that you're the you're the divine parent who can hold and protect um, <clears throat> and nurture you know what needs to be nurtured, giving that love when the other person is not feeling the love and yeah. so you do that for yourself mm -hmm. and therefore you can do it with your partner yeah yeah and be that for your partner and your partner at the same time is doing their own work within themselves to merge that balance. And mm -hmm. it all comes, it all comes from this, your own connection with the divine. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like honoring both the, the masculine and the feminine energies mm -hmm. of the earth and the universe and the cosmos to bring you back home to that love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's quite a few stages, really, isn't there? Because I'm thinking, like, for, for a lot of people, or, you know, relationships, I think, you know, it's all sort of like a projection, and it's kind of like, you're doing this that's pissing me off, or, or uh -huh. whatever. And there's not the understanding that they are triggering something within you for you to, to be healed within yourself. It's not. It's not about them. Well, the, the paradox is that they that their behaviour and what they're doing does change, but it only changes when you when it when it changes within you. 
because then it doesn't need to show up. You don't, you don't need to know about it anymore. The energy isn't there. Right. So to, to stop the projection bit and realize, you know, that, that the best that I can, that this is something for me and that when I change something inside myself, I won't be triggered. She can carry on doing that and it won't upset me at all because there is no, there, there's no hook. It's not attached to anything. It's, there's nothing right. it's that's lost. brought from the darkness. It's lost its power. Yeah, it's lost its power. But then, you know, and then we move to perhaps, um, you know, times where we're both triggered uh, and, and, you know, we can stop it straight away before it turns into this great big saying things that aren't kind or, you know, we don't get, get lost in the emotion. And it, sometimes it's just an agreement that I have with my partner. We need some space because mm -hmm. we need, need to allow this all to settle because... Because at the moment it's just an, one ego talking to another ego, and mm -hmm. we're, we're we're seeing it through completely distorted lenses that are both so different that we're never going to find any common ground here. So sometimes it's just the space, and there's the coming back together. You know, uh, uh, when things are settled, to, to 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 talk about it, or to or to just let it go and just just move on. There's so many different little dynamics that can take place isn't it one holding space for the other uh -huh. both in this great big projection thing uh, just agreeing to just have some space and just allow it to be uh clear well and so, and i i don't think that um i don't think that all things are meant to be resolved i think some things are just meant to be talked about to say mm -hmm. um i just want i want to understand you better and I want to share with you so that you can understand me better because, yeah. you know, when you have two separate people, <laughs> you know, you each have your own perspective, you each have your own stuff, you each have your own I ideas and ideals of, you know, how, how you see the world, you know, you both have your different perspectives mm -hmm. and it's not about, I'm not going to see the world the same way you do because I'm, I'm different. You know, my experience has, has, you know, um, nurtured me in a different way. So I see the world differently, <clears throat> but the point is, you know, intimacy is into me. See, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just here to be a witness to how you see the world and you are here to be a witness to how I see the world. And that's yeah. where this, I love and accept you regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I think that that's the goal, the goal, quote unquote, because it, it is the love and the acceptance um, and just allowing the other person to be who they are and, and the other person allowing you to be who you are. And that's the gift that you give each other you give the gift of just being unconditionally loving. Yeah. 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 That was the, that's the big word, isn't it? The, the unconditional, unconditional love. And, and it's only when there's the, you know, it, and I guess, you know, that's about the living from that higher place, isn't it? Because it's uh -huh. while there's an ego and a wounded child, they're the ones that are kind of like insist you must see it the way that I see it. it right. I must be right and, and all this sort of stuff. So uh, as they take a back seat, then, um, yeah, then we're able to live more 
harmoniously and, and and you know because the truth is the um you know differences is what makes life so beautiful isn't it yeah you know, it's, it's it makes crazy. it interesting yeah the ego sees it so often as a threat and, and so on but the truth is it, it's the it's it's the real magic and it's the real beauty of, of life it's the it's experiencing the unity of the differences you know mm. because it it any any of that separation is all about you know fear right and and really yeah. love yes. is about union and unity even though you can be separate like different pieces of a puzzle they're separate but when you put them all together it's a whole and I know I've heard you say this, the sum of the parts is greater, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I have said one plus one doesn't equal two. It equals infinity. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, it's this expansive, unlimited potential and possibilities when two people that are whole in themselves show up and you can create something so much greater. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sometimes called the divine child, isn't it? And and that's yeah, that's very much what's you know what the the journey the journey with my partner has, has been all about. This coming to help helping each other become complete unto ourselves, mm -hmm. so that we can you know something else is born from that. And I guess you know the, 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 this is our first child. It feels really you know that, that uh, first. Extra yeah. thing that was born from the union is the is the book Bring Him Home because obviously you know it wouldn't have it, you know it wouldn't have happened and you know there was a lot of synchronicity that the book kept bringing like a baby the book kept bringing us back together when we went our separate ways uh -huh. uh, you know because it was too intense and so on it was always the book that brought us back together again um, and so it feels as if. It is, it is the the first of our child, children, really. It's uh -huh. been created as a result of the, the the journey that we've been on together, and that you know ongoing ongoing journey of the yeah, becoming more and more complete unto ourselves. Uh huh. And mm. and I feel like we need to have another conversation about this because we haven't even touched on the sexual aspect of your relationship um, because when I, when I read, I mean, there's so many beautiful parts of this book. I mean, the whole book is beautiful, but there's so many beautiful aspects of your sexual intimate relationship, you know, as just a small portion of what your relationship is, you know, cause I, I feel like a lot of times people immediately go to sex as the definition of your relationship. And I, and I feel, I feel like the, the sacred sexuality is really the potential to feel the closest and most connected, both within yourself, with your partner and with the divine. Yeah. Yeah. We're totally in resonance there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, if I, I wanted to write there, there was a lot of internal, you know, critic in my head while I was writing some of the more passionate scenes, you know, around the sacred sexuality and so on. You know, the voice was going, 
well, who do you think you are? You know, who do you think you are writing about this? You know, you're getting a bit... But I, I think I'm pretty amazing, actually, is what I think. <laughs> I just kept having to silence it and, and sort of, yeah, it was kind of like, well, what will people think and all this stuff? But I just felt really strongly guided that I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to talk about and, and write about sex from a sacred perspective. And it was almost like, two fingers up to 50 shades of gray or something like that. It yeah, was like there's yeah. so much, uh, you know, porn and so much misunderstanding of the, the beauty and the potential and uh, of, of the act of making love. And, and yeah, you know, as, as you know, as you've read the book, you know, I really feel that it's one of the ultimate gifts of being in these human bodies mm-hmm. is that we get to, we get to make love in, in, in that physical way, which actually transcends the physical. Right. You know, I wanted a real representation of honoring the divine feminine through making love to a woman, uh-huh. because that's what it is. Essentially, it's, it's making love to God, making love to yourself, making love to the masculine and feminine aspects of the divine. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it, I, I was so moved um, I, and this, this should be your next book. <laughs> I mean, I was like, this is really erotic and beautiful. Oh, thank you. So, so just put that in, put that in your mind. <laughs> like you could have a whole other genre of, of work. Right. Right. Okay. Really, really honoring this sacred sexuality and, you know, transforming this, you know, all the hookups and disconnected sex, both from yourself and from your partner to Mm -hmm. have this beautiful sacred union, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and have it, have it encompass all of the aspects of yourself. You know, it's not just, I mean, you shared a little bit in your book about, you know, it's both tender and soft and rough and powerful and, you know, light and dark all in the same thing, you know, whatever different times or however you're feeling at the moment, but there yeah. are all these different aspects of sexuality um, that, that you and your partner can create with the potential to have this more divine union. Mm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, and, and it, it, always feels to me that you know what's happening what happens in the bedroom if you like is the culmination of the, the you know the connection and the intimacy and the rest uh-huh. of the relationship really uh-huh. it's not it's not the other way around it's uh yeah there's you know uh, yeah as you say there's a lot to talk about on, on this yeah. topic it's i think that, i think we need to have a whole other conversation about that miguel <laughs> well i'm good with that that sounds good to me <laughs> This is a this is such a beautiful story. It's um, beautiful how much work you have done on yourself. I mean, this is what it's about. It's like you really um, taking responsibility for your own fears and insecurities and becoming that balance of the masculine and feminine within you, so that you can show up sturdy and strong like the acorn with the heart, you know, to support both yourself and your partner. Um, Like I so honor where you are 
in your own journey. Thank you, thank you, Jordan. That's really beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 good to hear it. It's good to, it's good to hear hear you saying that because you know our our minds so often get lost in the what we haven't achieved yet and what's yeah. left to do. And yeah, you know there was a I'm, I, I've come a long way. We've come a long way, and uh, the journey is the destination. And we keep putting one foot in front of the other and doing the best that we can. You know, sometimes yeah. we fall down and but it's but it's okay it, it, it's all okay it's all okay yeah. so it's what we came here to do and and we know that we're doing it for the collective as well you know we're this is uh, such a privileged time to to be to be around you know this mm-hmm. it feels like this real transitional pivotal stage in the uh, story of humanity really mm-hmm. so it's a real honor to to be able to be part of that mm-hmm. be part of that work Mm-hmm. Okay, you you've touched on this. You touched on this a little bit before. While you were saying it, I was like, "Oh, he he ruined my last question." <laughs> because my last question that I usually ask my guests, or that not usually, I always ask my guests, "How do you define real love?" So, can you you re- do you remember what you talked about before? How do you define real love? I don't remember what I talked about. But let, 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 let me let me sit with that for a moment. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I kind of do remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to, I guess a bit, in a way, real real love maybe is 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 just being at peace with what is. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that whatever, and when we when we've cleared out all the all the things, all the old, all the wounds, all the past, and, and we're living in the present. Then we're seeing we're seeing in kind of like seeing slash feeling through a clear lens, and and in that place we can't help but witness the miracle of of life. You know, whether it's a little tiny flower, or whether it's a baby, or whether it's a, a cloud in the sky, or whether it's a um, you know your partner getting undressed. Store, you know, the, the life is actually full of beautiful, unique, precious, sacred moments. That's all that life is, I guess. When we, when we, yeah, you know, as the further we come home, it just becomes, it's just all so sacred, you know, the, the, a messy sacred and a beautiful sacred. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure what I said there, but uh, I said something. <laughs> well, you you talked about being present and accepting what is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that, that there's an increasing lightness, isn't there? There's just a, uh-huh. a um, there's a, a lightness of being, mm-hmm. which I, I guess I feel lighter, and I feel gradually I feel younger and less things. I don't get lost in the mind so much. And, uh-huh. I don't get stressed so much and there's a deeper faith and 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 then you know another big part of this is uh, is, is letting go of the is is knowing that death is an illusion mm-hmm. you know i think that's a really important part of love you know because we can be really present when we just when we're not having to be really busy and distract ourselves from the fact that we're getting old and we're going to die and we're terrified of it but it's mm-hmm. just it, it's all part of it's all part of this amazing human experience and that I am here and I, I, the I am will always be here. 
Yeah, yeah, in, in, in whichever form or, and that beyond this human experience, there are infinite possibilities that I can't begin to comprehend. So it's like, there's just more adventures to, to look forward to. And I, I don't need to take this too seriously because it's not like that's all there is, you know, the, the, uh -huh. the space between birth and death. It's just, it's just a tiny little, a tiny little grain of sand on, on a beach of infinite possibilities. So let's, uh, let's just enjoy the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So enjoy every day as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and enjoy it as it comes. And, and if we're not enjoying it, then just let go of that, not enjoying and, and accept that there'll be times when we're not enjoying as well uh -huh. that's all okay as well well and just and and still looking for the cracks where mm -hmm. the light can enter and where you can find um more love yeah 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 which of course uh, again is a lot in giving you know the more that yeah. we give the more that we receive mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well you you have given a lot miguel <laughs> i mean just to me in the past week since i met you <laughs> your book, um, your life, your work, your mission, your purpose. I mean, it's all so, so beautiful. So I'm so honored that you joined me today. And, and we still, I still want to have this other conversation because that's a whole nother, at least hour. <laughs> of, right. Right. Yeah. Not that we need an excuse, but that, that's an excuse for us to Stay in touch and uh, we, yeah, we can schedule that sometime. That, that, that would be a privilege as well, Dawn. Okay. Thank so how, how do people um, get in touch with you, Miguel? How can people find your work, yeah. your yeah. book? Don't forget the book. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, – the books the book, Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story, is on Amazon. Uh, yeah, Amazon, all the different Amazons. Yeah. Uh, Barnes & Noble or Waterstones or, or, you know, all the big booksellers. Um, but if you want to get in touch with me, the best place really is to visit my website, which is just uh, the www.migueldean.net. Uh, and there's, yeah, there's lots of information, all sorts of videos and blogs and links. And uh, yeah, you can get the book from there and a few of other books. And, but yeah, the, 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 the website is good. And I'm big on Facebook as well. I try and stay away from social media, but I've just, I kind of decided, okay, I'll do one, uh, I'll do one social media. So uh, uh -huh. Miguel Dean, Sacred Masculine, you can find me on Facebook and uh, I'm pretty active on Facebook as well. Good. Okay. Yeah. Find Miguel. Everyone find Miguel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and so if, if, um, if you like what you hear, which I'm sure everyone will like what they hear. I mean, there's so much depth and wisdom and beauty and love uh, in what you've shared today. So please um, subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast and share with all of your friends. I mean, this is what we're here to do to spread this message of, you know, finding and creating more real love in your life and creating more conscious relationships, both with yourself um, and with each other. Um, and if you want to find me, uh, if you want support in your own relationships, finding more connection, expansion, overcoming grief and heartache and heartbreak. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Awakening with Dawn. And uh, I would be honored to help you find and create more real love in your life. And as you 
this is how I like to end my podcast, Miguel, because it's true. <laughs> this is my truth. I feel like this is everyone's truth, but um, the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. It all starts and begins with you. So when you do your own work, when you um, find and uh, you know when you create that stability and security and safety within yourself, uh, you know you're able to extend that compassion and acceptance and understanding and presence for other people. So um, it all starts with you, and you know being open being present to giving and receiving love from yourself, from the divine to each other. It's a beautiful, beautiful world we're helping co-create. So thank you so much, Miguel, for being here today. It's a gift. Your presence is a gift. (laughs) Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And uh, blessings to everybody who might listen or or watch our conversation. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. All right. So um, listeners, thank you so much for joining us and every day wake up to more real love. Take care and we'll see you next time. Bye.